0: Yeah, it it went fast. It went by fast.
1: I know. I looked at the time and I was like, "Oh, we're at like just now." But earlier, I was like, "We're already at like forty nine minutes." I was like, "Jeez, this (laughs) went by really fast." Um,
0: Uh, Wait, I'm cutting the recording.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name is Kevin Portelli and I'm joined tonight here with uh, Remy DeVoe, who is uh, 50% of uh, Punk Cake Delicio. I hope I'm doing the pronunciation okay so far. Uh, it's, please it's okay. correct me if I'm wrong, Remy. I, I can I can do it. So,
0: hi everyone, uh, I'm Remy DeVoe and yeah, I'm 50% of Punk Cake. Mmm,
1: I love it. Is that you on the intro screen, by it the way? It is. Actually... Uh, it actually, sounded too good. I was like, it has to be you. <laughs> yeah,
0: I recorded the audio in the middle of the night before we released Anticrypts, Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, it had to be done. And I, I just, yeah, I was really um, badly organized.
1: Hey, <laughs> you I know what? It's it such a great... Time. I mean, it's... It's such a small part of the game, and I mean, you could even argue that it's not even part of the game per se. Yeah. But, like When you boot when you boot up the game, and it just starts off with like this kind of fun, like cheeky. It, it sets the right tone of like just like, hey, you're you're in for a fun game. Yeah, like, that's, right. that's definitely uh, the experience I had. Yeah, yeah, I always I, appreciate I a good splash screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool, really fun stuff. <laughs> and yeah, the team uh, Punk Cake. We mentioned that you're fifty percent of the team, and the other that's half right. is uh, Benjamin Suley
0: nice Uh, he's a game designer he works at motion twin he actually founded motion twin with a bunch of other people wow i didn't know that oh wow and uh he worked with them for like oh i don't remember i think between 10 and 15 years and then he stopped like something like 10 years ago and um and yeah, but he was working because Motion Twin now is mostly known for Dead Cells, but uh, right, right. they actually did a ton of web games in the, in the past and they were actually fairly well known in France for their web games. Maybe not internationally, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they actually had some really good success in France. And, uh, and so yeah, he felt comfortable enough with the money he made back then to, uh, to just uh, retire at uh, Like, I don't. I don't know what how how old he was at that point. He Must have been like thirty or something. So Jeez, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty cool. Yeah. And
0: now I'm pulling him out of retirement.
1: <laughs> Say hey, we. You need to still be uh, be making games. Basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and uh, and yeah. The, so I know you already mentioned that Anticrypt was the the first game that you two put out, and and uh, right off the bat, kind of hitting yeah. the ground running with like, hey, we're we're gonna release a game every month. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And Set up like a Patreon, and I know people are maybe familiar with like the Sock Pop Collective, or right. even uh, we've talked a lot about um, Super Try. Mm-hmm. on the podcast, who are made uh, the game Hack, if you're familiar. Uh, we actually discovered their games through uh, the Itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality from last year. Oh, nice. Year. I'm not and, actually
0: familiar uh, with yeah. them.
1: But. Oh, Hack is so fun, and it, Hack is spelt uh, H-A-Q-U-E, and it's a top-down you know, RPG, like really old-school RPG roguelike kind of oh, thing. Oh, yes. But, yeah, uh, I do
0: know about that game, actually. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's really really fun and then last year they actually did a thing where through their Patreon and I think they even just put them up on their itch.io but they did like a a game a year or a game a month I'm sorry for over the course of a year but then after that year they're like yeah we're not doing that again in 2021 right. but you two are like hitting the ground running with like, hey, we've done a bunch of game jams together. We've done a bunch of smaller Pico 8 projects like kind of, yeah. uh, you know, you really have to manage like not only the the creativity and the productivity, but the scope as well. Because like, oh, I, I, yeah. think, I think you two really nailed that with Anticrypt, because like even though you might be able to look at the game itself on the surface and go, oh, this is just a top down arena shooter, you know, and just be able to kind of simplify it like that if somebody were to just look at it at first glance, but I mean, I've sunk like five or six (laughs) hours into this game already, and I'm somebody who like probably won't even beat a game. If a game lasts more than five hours or ten hours, like if it's a narrative game, I'm probably not going to finish it because it's just... I want to experience new mechanics and stuff. And right, again, right, right, right. you're throwing in new weapons, new guns, like the <laughs> risk reward. Like you're just, I, I really like being able to. And and a lot of your game. That's why I've followed your Pico Eight stuff so much from both of you because it's just like your games have such that uh that immediacy to the gameplay and they they don't overstay their welcome. It's just like, hey, this is a fun concept and just play it until it's not fun anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Which, and they really never stop getting fun. So yeah,
0: that's that's actually something that's super important to both of us. Uh, oh
1: wonderful yeah.
0: yeah 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 benjamin is actually uh even more so uh interested in like uh, working the depths of the mechanics like exploring the, the game mechanics of his games and uh, yeah and you know c- constantly uh, bombarding the player with uh new uh, things to do and um new ways to play and and uh, yeah, it's it's great. And myself, I yeah, as you said, I, I really don't want the the player to get bored. So either I'm gonna make something super short and like own it to the death, or right, right. or yeah, I'm just gonna have a ton of uh, visual effects or just new things to do. And uh, and yeah, just make sure that the experience is interesting and stays interesting.
1: Yeah, and and you definitely uh, accomplish that with the visual effects and not only in Anticrypt, but even in like the Pico 8 stuff that you do like yeah. even just some of the the more vis- I I know sometimes I see you even posting just on Twitter. I think they're I don't know if they're those tweet carts or whatever they are yeah, so, where there it, it, it is just like kind of like a visual effect on yeah, yeah, It yeah. not like a game per se.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's it's uh, tweet carts sometimes not even sometimes I I'm, I'm just going to write some code and try to make pretty stuff appear on my screen and if it's good enough i'll just share it out on twitter yeah yeah it's
1: always a it's always a treat when that pops up in the feed and they're always so (laughs) eye-catching um and and that is not just about those tweet carts or you know little visual images too it's definitely goes for your games as well uh, and not just anticrypt but again like you, you really like some of your games really make that pico 8 sing like the one room dungeon yeah Again it's like a very simplified look or gifts of venus kind of has that similar look as well mm. or gifts on venus um but it's like i don't know everything just has like such like a a bouncy animated quality to it. Like everything every pixel feels like it's alive almost. Right. Um and I really got that feeling out of uh your uh, I have been recently I guess it's probably I don't know exactly when this episode will come out, but uh I recently was digging through a bunch of the Ludum Dar uh forty eight games. Oh and your game uh Drill Venation. I don't know oh, if right. I'm pronouncing yeah, yeah. that right. So
0: that's the last Ludum Dar-y- Yeah. Uh, yeah you are actually <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and it's so, it, that game is gorgeous, like just oh, absolutely stunning, like such a, and that, that that was what it made me, like I know you've been working on this sugar engine of yours yeah. for a while, mm. um, but that was when I saw that you uh, had developed that in Sugar, and then when you and Benjamin mentioned that like, hey, we're going to be using Sugar pretty much to develop all the games for Pumpcake, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're, in, we're definitely in for a treat here, not only is there the the pedigree between these two developers, but you know they're they're using an engine here that's yeah. really uh, yeah built to make some special things.
0: It's basically a, an in-house engine that yeah. has been in the works for several years. So it's a uh, it's nice advantage to have. But the thing about the yeah. about the sugar engine is that I actually started working on it in 2018, and okay. my initial goal was to um, reproduce the. The workflow that i have with pico 8 because i loved working with pico 8 but uh of course pico 8 has some pretty uh
1: very tight restrictions yeah yeah, yeah. exactly
0: very strict, very tight uh, restrictions and it's great to make small games and it's uh, it uh, can actually be super interesting to make bigger games with it as well but the yeah. resolution restriction in particular is kind of annoying and um and i did want to use more colors as well so uh <laughs> so yeah i made a, i made sugar and uh the engine actually evolves quite a bit since then uh, because in 2019 i almost didn't work on it at all uh because i was on a contract and uh you know, tr- trying to actually uh, make some money <laughs> because that's <laughs> the problem when you're working on engine is that it's taking a lot of time. And, right, uh, right. It's, yeah, it, the engine, while you're working on it, it's it does not bring any, more, any money. Um, but yeah, while I was working on that contract, I actually did something, is that I made a library for another engine, which is Love2D, which is a, oh, a nice. new engine. And uh, yeah. the library I made is... Uh, was replicating the um, the functions that I had created for Sugar. So uh, the idea was that you would use the library as if you were using the engine. Okay. And uh, so I mostly did it for myself because, uh, well, I wanted to be more comfortable with the with the functions I was using. And, um, right. But the thing is, since Sugar is already uh, very much inspired by Pico8 uh, what I, the, the functions that I have are actually kind of like an extended, an extended set of picoid functions, if you will. And, yeah. uh, that ended up interesting, a few more people. <laughs> so that's, that was nice. And it, it really helps me, um, see what was, not so good with the functions that I had uh, already made for the engine. And so what happened when I stopped uh, working on that contract is that I reworked a bit of everything on the engine. And so I did that, I started doing that in uh, mid uh, 2020. And uh, I stopped doing that No. Actually, no, I didn't stop doing that. I'm still doing that. (laughs) Um, I mostly stopped doing that earlier this year, but there are actually a few more things that I want to change. So, uh, yeah, it's still very much in progress. But, OK,
1: and probably be tweaking it as you uh, yes. crank out these punk cake games, I'm sure, like more like, exactly. hey, you know, it'd be nice if there was this functionality. And I, I don't know anything about coding, let alone building right. an engine. So, I mean, I, I, I'm trying I know the general basics, but no, no, <laughs> no, I, I this stuff is super interesting to me because I, I do find it like it seems like there's developers all the time that are very like stuck to one engine or even, you know, obviously you hear about like Game Maker Studio or, Unity yeah, yeah. or like the big kind of almost, like, uh, universally usable ones, if that makes sense, whereas, like, Pico8's, like, a very specific thing, where right. and I'm guessing Sugar is as well, and even Love 2D kind of is. And yeah. I can't say I've played a ton of Love 2D games, but they they all have, like, a similar feel or aesthetic or something to me. I don't know what it is, but, like, when yeah, I play no, one, I'm like, oh, right. yeah, it makes sense, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, game engines tend to have that. They, ha- they tend to have um, a sort of, um, how do you say... Uh, you know, an an impact on the game that you're making with them. And that's just because of the functionalities that they offer and you just make use of them and it just reflects on the game. And I mean, yeah, for some engines it's more noticeable than others, but yeah, and it's it's something you can, like as a developer, that's something you can learn to hate, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay. It's just... Wow. but uh, it's really nice to work with your own engine because it's a huge investment actually like it, it really
1: really takes a lot of time to make a game engine it's yeah it's kind I of can't a bad imagine. decision uh, but <laughs> it, it almost makes it feel like you you like I ha- I kind of have to use this now I've spent yeah. so much time building this like I, I need to get my my money's worth out of the yeah time exactly I spent on this. exactly but I'm actually really happy with the work I did so that's, yeah, you yeah. know that, that's, good. <laughs> that's it pay, good. It pay it certainly paid off for Anticrypt and for Drillvanation, for that matter. And I, right. again, I'm sure, like I, I've been seeing your uh, sugar powered hashtag for a long yeah. time. So, like I, I know you've been, again, that's that's a lot of times what would catch my eye with like a, something that would just pop up on your Twitter, and it might even, yeah, just be a visual thing. And I'm like, oh, sugar powered, what's that all about? Yeah, oh, it's Remy. Remy's up to <laughs> up to no good over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I love, I love, and so I know, like with uh, with Anticrypt. That was sort of inspired by uh, one of Benjamin's previous uh, Pico Eight titles, yeah, at least with like the the mechanic, and then again, really kind of fleshing that out and like saying, how can we expand this into like a more? It, it still is like a pick up and play arcade game yeah. at its core, but it is like a. It's got a little more depth to it, more multiple difficulty modes. There's just a a little more going on, and obviously the visual upgrade and everything. Hmm. Um, But are are you like? Because I know you're planning on releasing a game every month. Are you kind of pulling from a pool of like uh, previous ideas that either of you have had, or Uh, are you pulling from? Do you have like some things? Because I know it's at least from your. Ah, uh, Patreon page. It seems like you two are trying to make um, arcade games, which I love. It just says making arcade <laughs> games like nobody's watching. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully a lot of people are watching, but
0: yeah, well, we'll see.
1: Yeah, but yeah, um,
0: uh, yeah. Basically, Benjamin is actually like uh the main developer for the games right now. Uh, so okay. he was the main developer on, on Anticrypt and he's also the main developer on the second game. And uh, okay. he's, he's uh, yeah, he's pulling from a backlog of uh, unfinished game ideas and games that he did release uh, on Pico 8 or other uh, other engines. and yeah. um, but you know that he, he wants to explore more. Uh, and for now he's, uh, he's pulling from that uh, when I end up um, being the main developer on a new game which will happen in <laughs> August I think uh, because nice. I'm mostly taking care of the engine and of uh, the communication for the whole project yeah the
1: back end and reaching out and stuff because yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done all my chatting with you for the most part and I know you said Benjamin's on the, a little bit on the shy side So yeah yeah.
0: I'm, it's funny because I'm actually taking care of the back end with the game engine stuff and the front ends with uh, communication like the
1: front facing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: funny but yeah but yeah when I end up making a game I actually don't know what I'd be doing but I think I'm, I'm going to going to be going for a more um, for a new idea something I haven't tried before
1: okay nice yeah nice yeah that's got to be exciting and then also cool because like again I know we've talked a little game jam here stuff too and I think you even mentioned that you and Benjamin worked on something together recently um, or at least semi recently, but like no, like I've seen a lot of games, like ideas that spawned out of a game jam, and then you know a couple years later, I'm buying it on my Nintendo Switch. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really cool stuff. Like I just was playing uh, Charge Kid the other day, which was a game that I think was originally developed for uh, Game Maker's Toolkit Game Jam in like oh, 2019, right. I want to yeah, say, and yeah, then yeah. yeah, it was like two fifty or five bucks on my Switch, and I'm like, oh, here's a cool puzzle platformer that again, it was just like. Hey, here's just a bunch more levels that I didn't get a chance to make during the game right, jam, and yeah. you know, some some extra flourishes on the visuals and music and all that. And it's like all of a sudden you've got a game. And I think sometimes putting even even with YouTube, putting yourselves in that position of like, hey, we got to put out a game every month, mm. you're going to be kind of like putting that limitation on yourself. It's like you're almost forced to come up with creative solutions and stuff. Yeah. It's, like, it almost seems like it could be a bad thing, like you'd have to just brute force your way through writer's blocks and stuff. But at the same time, if you got two people and and you just have to keep moving, it it, it can help you not get stuck. Too, yeah, I
0: think. yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny because um, I often, of, of course, I, I talk a lot about this with Benjamin and um And I was like, are you sure that you're going to be able to be happy with your work uh, if you just have one month to make the game? And he was like, you know, however long I have to work on on any one game, I will never be happy. So be it one (laughs) month or two years, I don't care. I'm just going to make it happen and the game will be there and it'll be good.
1: You know, that's like, okay, that's cool. so true. That's yeah. so true. Because uh, John and I, who John's also on the podcast, too, we play in a band together. Yeah. And when we would record our albums, it's like we could sit there and like, oh, we just remix the song again. And right, like, oh, like, right. it sounds perfect. And then we come back the next day and it's like, no, no, it sounds off again. It's like at some yeah, point yeah. you got to just let it go and, and put it out into the world and say, hey, this yeah. is what we made. And yeah, we want people to experience it rather than just leave it in our on our hard drive for no one else to ever check out. Mm, you know, but
0: that's why game jams are so great because you have that set amount of time and and you just have to make something and release it. And if it's if it's not finished, well, you
1: just have to make do. You have to make it look finished, I guess. And yeah, that's yeah. That. Or, or even, or even if it just helps you like brainstorm an idea for yeah. your next project. Yeah, you know, It just gets course. the juices flowing. I think.
0: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah, that's that's also what we're trying to get from these projects. Uh, that um, that one month time constraint really uh, helps us. Uh, Making sure we don't spend too much time on any one thing, and um, and that's good. That's that's good because that's a really common trap in game developments.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you still have like a little bit more time than a game jam to like let it bake in the oven yeah. for a little bit and say yeah, let's absolutely. let this idea like simmer a little bit and see if we can't like get a little more out of it. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's really it's really important that we are actually two people because I actually uh, talked to a bunch of other developers uh, these last uh, these last few weeks, and yeah. a lot of them uh, were actually telling me that they they would have loved doing this at uh, that at. Uh, as some points, they had considered doing it on their own, and myself, I considered doing it on my own, releasing one new game every month on Patreon. But the problem is, right, right, uh, there is more than meets the eye there. First of all, uh, a lot of a lot of game developers have Patreons, but that don't work at all uh, right, because right. it's just I don't know why it is actually, but. I don't know, the, that platform doesn't really work all so well for game development.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit tough, like, in, unless you're able to do something like, like you two are trying to do, or sock pop, where you're, like, you're really yeah. on a schedule, it, it is a little tough to just say, hey, support us, and we'll make the game eventually. Right, know? yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. Like, it's, I, I see where it's maybe tough for people.
0: Yeah, but the, um, the thing is, you can make a new game every month, but you will not have enough energy to actually get it out there. Like, yeah, you'll upload it, and you'll upload it to Patreon, and the people who are supporting you, they will love it. But you will not have more supporters because you won't have any energy to do the marketing for the game. You won't have any energy to do all of the outreach that's necessary to actually get a sustainable income. Right, And that's really the big challenge for us. Uh, to to have uh, to both make the games but also uh, make the game actually s- the the project sustainable fin- financially
1: yeah and that and that's got to be difficult on no matter how you're releasing indie games these days you know I, I hate to to say it but it's almost an oversaturated market to some oh, degree yeah. you know I mean it's just yeah. Just, just the other day, I went on my Switch to look, like, hey, let's see what games are on sale. Let me just see if I can pick up something real quick. Right. And there were like 2,000 games just on sale. <laughs> yeah. And it's like there's 8,000 other games on there. It's like, how do you even, unless you already know what you're looking for, um, hmm. How do you find? And that's sort of why we started up pursuing pixels. It's like, man, we're finding all these little hidden gems all the time. We need to tell more people about yeah, these games. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it is a struggle to like unless you're kind of dedicating time to that. It is yeah. really tough to, to yeah, find that, these games really, kind of off the beaten path.
0: That's that's exactly that's exactly it. It's dedicating dedicating time to to the outreach uh, side of of making the games because. Otherwise, no one will play the games because no one will know that it exists. And that's why we want to try to avoid.
1: Yeah, and you you two have been doing such a great job. And again, I I know you've been doing most of the kind of outreach front-facing and whatnot, but like I just, all the... Just the launch of the Patreon, just how everything is rolled out is just really gotten me really excited. Nice. Um, And I know it seems like a lot of the other like Pico 8 community devs and stuff like I was talking to uh, uh, the developer from Eggnog Games. I want to say I'm forgetting uh, their name off the top of my head. Um, but I've just played uh, Mialianair recently. Uh, I played a bunch of their games, and then uh, they were posting like super excited when you announced Punk Cake. Like, so I'm like, oh, okay, nice. the Pico Eight community is is tuned in on this. So. Yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Benjamin and, and myself were both uh, yeah pretty well known on the on the Pico Eight community.
1: So. Oh yeah, that's definitely where I found uh, both of both of your stuff. So, yeah.
0: well, yeah. Benjamin actually um, helps. Not develop, but he he tested the very first few versions of Pico 8 before even it was released.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, That's super cool. So
0: he he really made uh, some of the first few games that were made with it, and um, wow. So you know, he had that uh, early early developer uh, special kind of place uh, in the yeah. community, and yeah, his games you, got, you got, can... got a lot of visibility for it, which is yeah really when. Nice.
1: When you play some of his games, too, you can tell that that he has like a mastery of that platform. Because the last right. thing I played for him, I think, was uh, I know I think he's put out a couple things since. But I played that uh, Pigments game that he had oh. made. I think I talked about it actually on the podcast. He made yeah, it for the Disc for, Room uh, Game Jam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I liked it way more than I liked disc room. I kinda of felt felt really? bad, but I like I you know disc room I didn't really like that it had all the extra layers of like you have to I wanted it to just kind of be like an arcade game, kinda of, kinda of like what you two are doing with Punk Cake. Like I I wanted it to not have all those layers of like you have to accomplish all these different you know, you have to die this many times oh, in this room yeah. and get killed by this many buzz saws. Like, I kind of just wanted to dodge buzzsaws, <laughs> and that's pretty right. much what Pigments let me do. And then added in kind of a puzzle element to it as well, where you got to, like, cover all the ground. It, I just really loved that game mm. um, and still fired up from time to time. Like, I love how Pico-8 has that little favorites list, and both of you two have right. plenty of games that are on my, <laughs> my <laughs> favorites nice. list. yeah. Yeah. So now, when when it comes to like these types of arcade games, and since that seems to be kind of the the approach that you two are taking with Punk Cake, like, is there any direct inspiration other than coming from the Pico Eight background? Is, are there any like indie or retro titles or, or developers that kind of like stick in your mind as like, hey, this is like a big inspiration for what we're trying to do, or at least what you're trying to do?
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Since um, Benjamin and I are like. Uh, working on the games kind of separately, even though we uh, talk a lot about it and help each other uh, make decisions. Uh, yeah, brainstorming we, we, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, but we do have uh, different inspirations, um, mostly because well, we have quite the the age gap between uh, between the two of us. Um, okay. So he's mostly. I mean, I guess he's uh, very much inspired by the games that he played when he was uh, when he was in. I don't know. He's 20s or like an adolescent, i guess um so yeah. like really re- actually um original arcade games from back then okay and uh you know g- games that are super difficult and which is hard to finish and <laughs> right, uh, right. but uh on top of that he's also very much inspired by um tabletop games OK. Because I know he plays a lot of them. And I think that's a big part of why he's so good with game mechanics and like exploring them. Yeah. And, uh, and make,
1: making things fit together, because that, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, me, personally, I'm not so much into tabletop games, but I'm very much uh, into action games, and especially indie action games. Um, yeah. And well, it's funny you were talking about Discroom, and actually, one of my favorite uh, designers is uh, J W Jan Willem. Oh uh, yeah, 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 who, who is a designer of on Discroom and also on Nuclear Astron.
1: Oh, I love is, Nuclear Throne. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: one of my favorite games as well. And yeah. uh, I really like. And oh, and also Minutes, of course,
1: which is Oh, super that's good right. As well. I, I never finished that. I got stuck somewhere and I oh. never went back and finished it. And the, uh, yeah, I need to oh, go back really to good. that one. Yeah, for yeah, sure. you should. yeah, it's so cute and charming. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking about restrictions like Minutes. Yeah. It, it has a pretty small resolution and it's only black and white. And that's so, so fun and nice. And, and they did such. a a good job of it
1: and a pretty darn big game for a game that you die every 60 seconds like they really made a pretty pretty large and expansive game out of that concept yeah
0: yeah 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 it's super interesting
1: yeah but yeah, Nuclear Throne is like, and I, I can sort of see the influence on your games, even even uh, going back to something like I think it was Crash Two on the Pikachu right. that you made. Like, it just has that like kind of that juiciness to the pixels, and like that you know how Nuclear Throne just—I mean, it really leans into like the screen shake. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, just everything is very impactful, and I think that that you two do a great job of in in all of your games, but especially in those.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. I me personally, I certainly try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing it well. You're doing
0: it well. Thank you, thank you very much. But yeah, uh, and you know, I don't know. Aside from that, there there are a lot of uh, indie games um, that I like. Actually, you know, I don't know if we can. Yeah, I guess we can speak of inspiration. But uh, Risk of Rain 2. Yes. It's, yes. you know, I, I hesitate to, to speak about it because obviously it's in 3D and yeah. I only make 2D games, but Risk of Rain 2 is such a good action game just for all the effects and just the, the sheer rush of adrenaline when yeah. you play it. And that's something I, I really uh, respect and want to reproduce in my own games because
1: it's just so good it's just yeah so done it's good it's so satisfying to play that game yeah it's, absolutely. especially if you can sync up I, I don't know if you play I've played only a couple times with some friends online mm. and like man that was so fun like being able to play four players yeah and just uh it was just it was such such a blast uh yeah playing that with pals but and and they did such a good job of kind of translating the original game oh that yeah it was in 2d and it yeah, feels yeah. like almost the same game except it's an over-the-shoulder third-person right. shooter. <laughs> except it's, it's totally different but it still works yeah it's, it's you, but it's like you can everything you remember from the other game you're yeah. like yeah yeah i i know what to do here yeah absolutely um, yeah, that's such a fun game and they, they still keep updating it all the time. I think they just like re- I don't know how recently, I guess last time I remember, but like there was a new character added not that long ago where I was like, man, I thought they were done updating this game.
0: Uh I, th- I think the last character that I did Oh yeah, yeah, actually no, I know yeah, I know what you mean. They I did a secret character, I think, in um in a patch. And uh but I think they're working on um on an extension now.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get even more mileage out of that game. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's I mean, one that I that should. I have a really hard time putting down, yeah.
0: yeah. Actually, I'm thinking uh,
1: another game from these same developers is uh, Deadbolt. Oh, nice. We talked about, I've never played it, but our buddy DJ, who's on the podcast from time to time, he talked about that game a long time ago and really liked it. It is so good. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's kind of stealthy, right? It's a little yeah. bit stealthy and, and platforming, but... Puzzly as well,
0: yeah, and even kind of action as well. I think like, nice, because it does have that puzzly um, aspects, but it's still very, um, I don't know, yeah, it's still very action oriented in a way, um, and the effects are great, and the music is absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, the speaking of music yeah, The Risk of Rain soundtracks both of them are yeah, just yeah, yeah. phenomenal.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the um, the guy who's making the um, the the audio for all these games is uh, Christodou. I don't oh, know nice. if I'm pronouncing that right, but yeah. he's he's great. He's Yeah,
1: great. I didn't know uh, it was so it's the same person on Deadbolt too. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Oh, that's and very the cool. the style very is pretty cool. Cool. different,
1: but yeah, the, the man is yeah. just
0: so good. He can do that's, it all. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's super awesome. Yeah, I, I got to go back and well, I got to play Deadbolt f- f- for the first time, but I need to go back and play some more Risk of Rain too as well. Yeah, but uh, but I don't know. Uh, was there anything else that you were uh, wanting to touch on uh, before we uh, wrap up the interview here, or anything? Uh, you know, any punk cake stuff coming down the pipeline or any that, any news or anything like that or yeah i didn't realize that time went by so fast um, <laughs> yeah we can chat more too i i'm, yeah, I'm here I'm, i got nothing it's it's bright and early here so okay.
0: well i'm up for it but
1: uh, <laughs> i guess uh well
0: from punk Cake. so i don't really, i don't even know if we explain what we're doing but yeah we so obviously we are releasing a new game Every month, we just released AntiCrypt. We're releasing the games individually on each.io for $6. And we actually are going to be releasing them on Steam as well, but we are still setting that up for now.
1: Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah.
0: And um, so yeah, on both of these platforms, it's gonna be six dollars for each game. But we are also offering a subscription on Patreon, and then it's a little cheaper. It's three euros, okay, and uh, per month, and you get the game when it comes out, or uh, well, when you subscribe, you get the last game that came out, and uh, then you get the new game. Uh, every time it comes out. And uh, so, yeah, we just released Anticrypt, which is a shooter where you don't control your aiming, and it's pretty crazy and flashy and explosive, and we're really happy with uh, how it turned out. And now we're working on another shooter, actually, and it's a mix between a shooter and a minesweeper, oh and yeah and i i know that sounds intriguing for that sounds very intriguing Yeah.
1: yeah and
0: uh it's based on um on not so old projects from benjamin uh on pico 8 that he didn't finish so you can actually play the pico 8 version for that one um and yeah he's making
1: it happen with sugar and, uh, wow, that's so cool. That sounds so intriguing. Yeah. And again, af- after uh, with you two having just put out Anticrypt, and I, I think. Uh you know, you mentioned like it's a kind of a single stick shooter, like it's it plays like a twin right, stick yeah. shooter, except you don't get to control your cursor. It kind of almost like bounces around the screen yeah, like exactly. an old uh, screensaver does, yeah. <laughs> you know, where it just keeps hitting the walls. Although sometimes it seems to have a mind of its own a little bit or might be affected by enemies or something. Yeah. But, some uh,
0: power ups affect it as well.
1: OK, OK. Yeah. yeah and I, I really like how. Like the my favorite thing about arcade games is like the balance between risk and reward, right? And the the game is like so focused around that, where it's like again your cursor that just keeps moving at its own free will. You have to get within a certain radius of that cursor to recharge your gun, yeah, yeah, yeah. weapon. But then like you all like it's just it's all about positioning. It's just which again I guess every shooter is kind of about (laughs) positioning. You know, you're always trying to dodge stuff and and shoot things. But again, because you're you're not really, I don't know, you just have to be constantly engaged with where that cursor is going. Like, you really can't let your mind slip for even a moment. (laughs) And I really love that feeling. Like, uh, again, like, even, like, a game that's really trying to pull me in with, like, story and narrative beats and this and that, like, it doesn't always work for me. But, like, a game that's really just gripping me with mechanics, that's going to get me every time. Yeah, And it seems like that's what you two are focused on. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're coming from a, at least for for my taste, coming from a very uh, <laughs> similar like design philosophy where I'm just like, if I made games, this is how I would want to make them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, we're not. Well, I mean, I can't really speak so much for Benjamin because I think he actually likes to put some uh, like written narratives and that kind of stuff in his games. But mm-hmm. our main way of speaking for the games is always with the mechanics, and that's what. Uh, we're keen on um, on working on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it shows. It shows big time. <laughs> now, again, not only just in this first Punk Cake title, but in all of your previous works as well. Um, yeah. Because, again, like at Pigments, like I was talking about before, I mean, that's a game jam game that was made. I think that was maybe a week-long game jam, but regardless, that's yeah, a yeah. game that benjamin probably made and kind of forgot about maybe i mean i don't i don't know how that stuff works maybe you just make game jam games and they stick with you forever but maybe just made that game and moved on to the next thing where i'm like hey right. pigments is like this game that i tell everyone to play if they <laughs> boot up the pico 8 you know so it's just it's just so funny how you know a small little project can turn into like hey this is just an addictive experience that i can't put down
0: yeah yeah it's always nice when that happens but yeah, yeah. We, we might actually make a bigger version of um of the of uh pigments didn't Ooh. remember the name of the game first yes you but yeah yeah every,
1: everything you're saying is just yeah it's just sounding so good to me i'm so excited <laughs> to follow along with uh with punk cake and all that as, uh, as you two uh, keep growing this project. And are you planning on potentially like kind of using this as a platform? Like is, is the sugar engine ever going to be something that's publicly available to people? Or um, um, like, is this maybe a platform for t- to kind of showcase the engine? Or is it just kind of a, hey, I, this, is, <laughs> this is my little project <laughs> I made and I kind of want to, this is our thing that we get to use.
0: Yeah, well, uh, the thing with the engine is that I don't actually know how to make money out of it. And right. so for now, I'm still just focused on working on it and uh, making it work for the uh, for the pancake projects and all the games that we're making. Um, I do want to put it out eventually, but I don't know when or in what conditions. Uh, right, right. It is my baby. And uh, right. yeah, I don't know.
1: For yeah, now, it's got to be now. one of those weird things where you're like, "Hey, this is my thing," but at the same time, there's got to be also a part of you that's maybe curious of like, "I wonder what other people could do with this tool." You know? Yeah, there is that, it,
0: and there is also the fact that I actually have uh, quite a few people who are uh, like asking me all the time. Well, <laughs> oh, I can't
1: blame them. Yeah, as soon as yeah. <laughs> I see those pixels pop up on my, on my feed, and you see what is this sugar-powered hashtag? Yeah, What's this yeah. all about? You're like, "Oh, I want to! I want to get my hands on that!"
0: Right? Exactly. And yeah, I mean Benjamin was like that too. Actually, when we met, he was like, "Yeah, I'm really interested in your engine." And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, well, it's not finished, but sure, <laughs> maybe we can. If you want to play around happen. with it, yeah. And in the end, yeah, he's he's actually the only one uh, other person that uh, I've I'm having test the, the engine along with me, and uh, he's he's actually given me a lot of feedback. But that's the thing is. Because I have another... Like, I have other few people who want uh, to help test the engine, but the problem is I can't handle all of the feedback. Like, already with one person's feedback, I have a lot of work to do, so...
1: Right, right. But yeah, I guess
0: the engine will, will... Come out to the public at one point in the future. But for when now, it's ready. It's, yeah, exactly. For now, it's uh, we're using it as an in house engine and we're happy to, to have it like that. So,
1: yeah. yeah yeah and it again it like even in uh again in drill venation to bring that back up i know yeah. that game didn't have any audio on it but holy yeah. like that is such a flashy game and it kind of was you. giving me some downwell vibes like as far as the the gameplay went and it was just like this is so fun again i really just think uh i i've, I've probably played more of your games than benjamin's off the top right. of my head at least but i've definitely played a good handful from both of you mm. and i i really think like you two have a a a, a really great knack for game design. Like,
0: you know, oh, obviously there are tons you.
1: of great game designers out there, like <laughs> almost <laughs> too many. Like we were saying, there's almost, yeah. almost too many good games out there, but that's <laughs> never a bad problem to have. And right, I do yeah, think absolutely. that, that you two are really in tune with, with something that is kind of lacking a little bit. Like, again, like even when I, I know I've mentioned my switch a few times, I kind of do like it up until I bought that Itchio bundle for uh, racial justice and equality. Right. Cause it was just something that I felt like I couldn't pass up. I, I didn't really <laughs> dabble much on my uh, PC like I just didn't really, oh, really? I, I didn't play a lot of PC games I, I mostly played console games I grew up with a Super Nintendo you know right. just just always kind of had consoles growing up and I you know I tend to gravitate towards my Switch but I, I'm not always looking for like Breath of the Wild to play and sink hundreds of hours into you know mm, sometimes I really do yeah. just want to curl up on the couch while I'm watching Star Trek or something and play a little arcade game like Drillvenation or something. Not that that's on the Switch, but you know what I mean? Like something that I could just like play really quickly or Anticrypt. I mean, I would play, I would never be able to put that down on the Switch. I would never go to bed. And again, the only thing that helps me is like, oh, my battery's running low on my laptop. I guess I got to plug it back in and charge it up. But yeah, otherwise I'd probably never stop. But
0: (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't actually own Any consoles. Interesting. interesting. I've never really played uh, consoles besides uh, handhelds. Yeah, handheld consoles. Uh, But not even the Switch, actually. I don't uh, even own the Switch. Uh, But older older handheld consoles I've played.
1: The Um, Game Boy, um, DS, and all that stuff. yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. But I've mostly always played on PC. Cause
1: I don't I find it's more immersive actually. Well, I guess I don't know. I, I, I know what you're saying. I have friends who are very much like where I'm the opposite, like I kinda wanna be lounging on the couch or yeah. uh, you know, a comfy chair while I'm playing a game, but like I think that's just cause that's how I grew up playing games. Where, right. Like, my, yeah, I have friends who are like, oh no, like I need to be at a desk and sitting at, like, I can't even, like, when it comes to third-person games, like, pu- I can't play with mouse and keyboard, like, I really, right. I just don't have the, I need yeah. to use my thumbs, I can't be using my fingers, <laughs> basically, is what it boils down to. Yeah, I see, yeah. Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's, that's definitely interesting, and, and I will say, like, since jumping into the PC, and especially after picking up the bundle and and kind of exploring the Itchio route, like again finding developers like yourself and Benjamin, and f- getting exploring the Pico Eight, which is it, in and of itself, I could never play all the games I want to play on yeah. that platform alone. You know. Well, um,
0: yeah, there, there and- are a lot of developers who just can't actually afford to to make games for consoles so right right it's much much easier to make a, a game for a computer
1: so the yep. release a lot more it on them. Your, yeah but it's it's great there's such like a so many cool, again these game jam games like I, I could talk about them forever I mean it's right. just so much fun I love these little bite-sized experiences and I'm I'm super excited to uh continue to keep playing some more bites. I don't, I don't hope that doesn't sound insulting to call them bite-sized experiences, no. but I'm, I'm very much looking forward uh, to digging in, uh, to the rest of the punk cake, uh, catalog as time goes on.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we hope you'll, you'll enjoy what we, what we put out.
1: I I'm pretty sure I will. I, I, <laughs> I, think that's safe to say, but, uh, but yeah, I think we can, uh, we can wrap things up here, Remy. Yeah, and, sure. uh, where can people find, uh, find you on the internet uh personally and Punk cake. like let let people know where they can uh not only pick up anticrypt but where right. they can you know follow you uh in the future
0: okay so my personal twitter is uh so twitter.com slash trustful dog so that's t-r-a-s-e-v-o-l underscore d-o-g Nice. That's, yeah, that's a little bit complicated, but whatever. I'll, I'll have
1: links in the in the episode description too, so right, don't sweat. yeah, that's perfect.
0: <laughs> and, uh, but from there, you'll find my uh, my HIO page where are most of my games. And uh, then, yeah, Punk Cake. Uh, so we have the Patreon, so, you know, patreon.com slash Punk Cake is P-U-N-K, so Punk and then Cake, C-A-K-E. Great and, name. Um, Thank you. <laughs> we we actually we actually did quite a bit of brainstorming before finding it.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's maybe the a hardest bit. part. Not not yeah. really the hardest part, but it's it's tough to land on it's, that final it name. It is tough.
0: It is tough. But we're we're really happy with what we found since the end.
1: It's great. It's great. And I think it gets the like vibe and the aesthetic across. Like it really like kind of sets the tone. I think.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're really happy with it. And, so, and then you can find the games on itch.io, uh, and that's pancake.h.io And yeah, that's it. And um, if you happen to be press, <laughs> we actually have a, a press kit <clears throat> on our uh, .hio page. Uh, so yeah, just reach out to us. We want to we wanna speak to the world.
1: Yes, and the world needs to speak to you because yes. yeah, they, everyone needs to play your games again. If, if you're an arcade fan, um, not only like like Remy was just saying, go explore their back catalog and very much look forward to what they're doing next. Because yeah, uh, yeah, if you like arcade action and flashy retro indie stuff, like it, you just can't go wrong with. Uh, with either of these two here. That's a very good description of what we're doing. Perfect. Perfect. I'm (laughs) glad I'm not uh, out of turn here, but awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for uh, tuning in and listening. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us, Remy. This was a super, super great time and making a little time. Yeah. Yeah. And on a, on a France uh, holiday as well. First day of summer here. So yeah, hopefully you can uh, enjoy the rest of the evening and hopefully I can uh, maybe go back to sleep and get a little nap here. Right.
0: (laughs) Sorry to make you wake up so early.
1: No, no, I'm I'm half kidding. I'm always up this early anyway. So don't sweat at all. But yeah, thanks again for joining us, Remy. And uh, take care. And we'll uh, catch you next week, everybody. Nice. The stuff that you two are doing is like kind of right. You know, and that's why that's kind of why I got so pulled into Pico 8 for a while, and still play all the time. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's kind of retro and indie. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And we we're actually really interested in um, in making games that yes are retro, but are also uh, very modern in our approach to the, the game design, for one thing, but also even the visuals, even though we're going to make uh, games where, with big pixels and things that are very reminiscent of the 80s or the 90s, um, yeah. we we still want it. I mean, actually, Anticrypt is a perfect example because it's a game set in the future, but you you're using a sort of like terminal, like old school terminal, but from the future. And yeah. that's, that's exactly what we want, right? Like, what if we can reimagine uh, retro stuff, like retro hardware?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a great way. It does really feel like you're like and even like I love how the game's like you're fighting on the the last hard drive of humanity or such a cool concept like and And it really does. It feels like you're like inside of a computer system. It's really Mm. cool.